listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, a.k.a. FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. And I'm concluding on the purpose. I've been, I think I've talked about two times already. So this is like a, the third one, right? Uh-huh. And last week we had Pastor Clara also coming through. Amen. Now today, um, um, amen. Sometimes you, you, you struggle, not sometimes, many times sometimes you struggle through a word. A word sometimes doesn't come that simple. You, you struggle through, you, you labor through it, you... Because line upon line, precept upon precept, you know, the Holy Spirit, has, sometimes you're going here, then nudges you and pulls you, you know, look at this, look at that. Sometimes that's the way it is. Then sometimes, oftentimes, that's the way it is. You, 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 you think this is what you're getting out of this, and says, no, look at this one. I will look at the first part. Look at the second part. And then it triggers that, that scripture. And then, then you're seated, and you're laboring. To, and sometimes it's like um, a map. In front of you with all these leadings going everywhere and you have to determine which way you are supposed to go while you are preparing are you with me uh-huh. so sometimes honestly personally i don't like it, it, i struggle with just um sometimes i like when the, the, the my time of preaching is closer because it helps with the pressure helps me focus but when it is far, what I mean I'm going is that I'll roam the whole place, looking at every scripture all over the place, and then sometimes I get even confused what to, what to share. So sometimes when it's closer, I'm like, okay, now you have to focus on <laughs> And it's like, you have to tune in into what the Lord is leading. Uh-huh. This is my personal experience. And today hasn't been easy for me, because uh, this weekend has been quite tedious. So, I don't know, it, it, it's, still, it's still something that I'm, I'm trusting that the Lord himself will work it out. Sometimes, if I show you my notes, it's just scriptures. Sometimes it's just scriptures, one, two, three scriptures. <laughs> that's all. Many times, I'm, I'm sometimes you see scriptures, it's just three, four scriptures, that's it. Yeah. If you go, if you go take my notes, you know, you see what, when I stand here presenting, so you see it in, inside. It's just sometimes simple scriptures. But when I look at this, I'm, I've written so much, you know. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I have to come clean. <laughs> Amen. But I want to start off by a quote with, by J. John F. Kennedy. J. F. Kennedy. It says, Effort and courage are not enough without purpose and direction. Are you with me? Yeah. Effort and courage are not enough without purpose and direction. That is why the subject of purpose is key. And this morning, I'm still continuing, like I said, I'm going to conclude the series, but as I continue this morning, my presentation, one of the things I want to narrow in on is the purpose for this particular church, Family Alive Ministry. Amen. Uh, because if we're going to rally efforts, if we're going to rally effort and we're going to be courageous, there will not be enough without a sense of purpose and direction. It's very, very key. Even in anything that God gives you, whatever you are into, you always, always have to come to a place of asking yourself, why did God put me here? Why did God put us in this relationship? Why are we married? Because it will surprise you to think that you think every, uh, uh, every married couple understands the reason for their union. But majority don't. They don't get it. A lot of people gather on Sundays and there doesn't seem, there doesn't seem to be a sense of purpose for why they gather. Am I making some sense somebody? Uh-huh. And you have to understand that life starts with purpose. Anything great that God does, it always starts with purpose. That's why you need to get the concept of purpose well positioned in everything if you're going to go places. 
I'll also love another quote by Stevie Covey. He says, if the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step we take just gets us to the wrong place faster. If the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step we take just gets us to the wrong place faster. So in other words, if your direction is wrong, you just get there faster. I'm making some sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that you arrive there fast doesn't mean that you have arrived at the right place. Hey, are you in the house? Aha. Uh-huh. And for us as a church, we walk by the mandate of God, obviously found in Matthew 28, 19 to 30. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words. I'm reading the Amplified Version baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. Our confidence as a church comes from the fact that God, who has given us this mandate, promises to be with us even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. Even what's the end of the age? When everything we know comes to an end. Amen. All the realities of this life that we have come to know. I mean, all of you, if you cast your mind back, back, your mind will not take you to the womb. <laughs> it will never take you to the womb. It will take you to the reality of this life. It will take you to the reality of this life. And so... When Jesus said end of this age, he's talking about the reality that we know to be true. See, even to that time, he says, I promise to be with you. And what an assurance. Amen. Amen. Look, your husband may love you, but cannot, can never give you that assurance. At the altar, the assurance he gives you, he gives you is death. Hey. Oh, oh I, I, look at the one that says the assurance he can give you. Is 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 death that when death happens, that's it. And then say you're jai. I didn't know. <laughs> Are you in the house? Uh-huh. But look at your neighbor and say there's a better promise found in Christ. Oh, shake your neighbor and say there's a better promise found in Christ. Hallelujah. It's a better promise found in Christ, even to the very end of it. So that's why God 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 called us. Now that's God's promise to the end of the age. I'm going to be with you. And when we start, you go back to the beginning of all this. We go to Genesis. Bible tells, tells us God who started all this reality, created the world, formed Eden, and did what? Put the man there. And when God put the man there, as some, as some of us, one of the interesting things about the account of Genesis is that you can tell that the man did not know that he was alone. That's one of the realities you have to The man did not know he was alone. His need for companionship was aroused by God. Hey. How do we know that? Because the Bible said God brought the animals two by two for Adam to name. <laughs> so sometimes when a man hasn't got a clue, you have to understand it's being a man. Especially in terms of relationship. Ah, uh, look at the one next to you and say, it's his, it's his. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you can get a guy around a lot of girls and he has not got a clue what's going on. <laughs> he hasn't got a clue of what is going on. The ladies may be interested, but he has no clue. He's just playing with the monkeys. <laughs> Amen. And, 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 and it's, it's not unusual. It's not unusual. Sometimes the sense to, to have a companion, it takes a man a little bit of time for them to come to. You, 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 you have to get that. It takes a man a bit of time. So ladies, are you in the house? If you're sitting by a lady, tell a lady, you, need, you have to find a way of helping a man find his... his, his <laughs> Tell them, don't give up on the brother too quickly. Don't give up on the brother. He said, This brother is so serious. He's so serious. It's not that he's so serious, Charlie. He's so play with the monkeys. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, God brought 
two by two for him to name. And then when God did that, you could see that the reality of it started hitting him. So God put him to sleep. And then God formed the woman. You see, God did so so that the, when, the, when the, the man wakes up and finds a woman, you know what she is. Right? Because if God had not showed the guy two by two and then look, can you imagine all these species and he saw two by two? At the point in time, revelation comes to him. Okay, I don't have one of my kind. And if God had not done so and had brought the woman, I'm sure the man would have not minded the lady. <laughs> yeah. But by the time he woke up and saw it, he said, ah, this is it. Hallelujah. And that's where marriage, God birthed forth the institution and the place of marriage. Now, get this. God can give you a gift, but it does not mean that you understand the purpose of it. God can give you a gift, but it doesn't mean that you understand. As a matter of many things that God gives us, it takes us our life to understand and appreciate what they are. Are you with me? Uh-huh. Because sometimes purpose takes time to come into. The understanding of purpose takes time before we get to come into that. I mean, people, if you're, if you're a couple here, you're married two years one or a month, hey. Even five years people are still discovering why God put them together. Yeah. Even ten years people in marriage are still trying to find out why God put them. Ask some people wake up 20 years and they don't, still don't know. And they are wondering, why is this lady in my bed? <laughs> are, are you with me? Uh-huh. Purpose takes time to get into. But the danger about it is that whatsoever God gives us, you see, um, Bible tells us in 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 First Timothy six seventeen. Give me the amplified version, but I want to take that. You give you give me the verse, and then First Timothy six seventeen. But as for the rich in this present world, as for the rich, someone as for the rich. Now, contextually, he's talking about those that are wealthy, money, resources, right? Uh-huh. But I want us to spread. I mean, obviously, wealth is not just material, but even to be given a wife is to be rich. Hey. To be given a husband is to be what? It's to be rich. Yeah, God has added to you. Are you in the house? Uh-huh. It says, as for the rich in this present world, instruct them not to be what? To be conceited and what? Arrogant. Not to set their hope. On the uncertainty of riches, the latter part it says, "But what? But on God, who what? Richly what? Ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment, enjoyment, enjoyment. Oh, are you in the house? Enjoyment. Tell anyone else. God gives us things for us to enjoy." Hallelujah. God gives us things for us to enjoy. God is not a kill joy. Hey, are you in the house? Look at the one that said, there, God is not a kill joy. It is religion that is a kill joy. Hallelujah. But God, listen, why would God give us ability to comprehend pleasure if he was not going to satisfy us or gives us things to enjoy? The reason why God gives us taste buds is because he wants us to enjoy the food. Can you imagine food without taste buds? I'm telling you, I was going to come with COVID. I've I've gone through that before. It looks like you have rubber, something in your mouth, something very annoying. You think that you enjoy food without taste. It's a lie. If there was no taste, most of us would not eat. Yeah. It's because of the taste. That's why some people can eat. Their stomach is full, but they're still eating because of the taste hallelujah so god has created our lives with the ability to enjoy stuff to enjoy you see you see um a good a, a beautiful woman you see hey when a woman has has put in the work to look beautiful when you see you see when a lady has not done any job to look beautiful when you see you see ah uh, so when you see you pass <laughs> Are you in the house? Yeah. 
we can see i mean our eyes can tell us and there's something that moves inside of us that this is pleasurable hey don't be religious are you in the house yeah you can see you can tell i mean ladies when you see a guy that is doing as done you can, you can see something inside of you moves you are like it's like you're enjoy- even if it's not your guy but there's some pleasure about looking at the person that's what that's what makes you want to have the person permanently as a roommate Oh, are you in the house? Yeah. Pastor Vicky saw something. Oh. <laughs> because can you imagine she didn't have the ability to comprehend any form of pleasure? Then she will see DJ as a tree. <laughs> like a tree, you know, disturbing her. But when she sees it, there's something that moves. God has given us the ability to enjoy, and it's a gift. It's a gift. Now, marriage is a gift from God. The institutional marriage or the purpose of companionship is a gift from God because God gives us all things to enjoy. Our life's purpose and meaning is for our enjoyment. Our relationship is a gift from God. Are you in the house? Uh huh. But then, here comes the issue. Once we don't know the purpose of a thing, the tendency is that we are going to be fixated on it. Because here, it says, instruct them not to be conceited and arrogant, not to set their hope on the uncertainty. Set their hope on the uncertainty. There's a certain uncertainty in this life. Hey. Why? Because let me tell you three things. Life is marked by three things. One, falling well. The world we live in is falling. <laughs> no matter the skyscraper we build, it's still a falling well. We can tie the whole place with gold, it's still a falling well. This well, this place that God has put us, where he has given us pleasure to enjoy stuff. It's a falling state. It's in this falling state. I want to make understand somebody. Yeah. And God's attempt at redeeming it is only through the people that are in it. That's how God is redeeming and reclaiming the world. But as in this state, it's falling. As some of our Bible makes us understand that this earth and whatever is reserved for destruction. That's it. Mm. I'm not making sense, somebody. Yeah, it's a fallen world. Number two, those occupants of this place <laughs> are sinners. They are not perfect. Hey, no matter how handsome that guy looks and gives you pleasure, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect person. The person can put all the shami they put on. Mm. Let me tell you, give a show me, give, give the person about two, you leave the person where show me about two, three days without bathing. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, the power of the show me can't hold. <laughs> I'm telling you, the show me can't hold the decay. Oh. That should make you understand that the, perfect, the person next to you is not a perfect person. It's not perfect, and you need to get it. Married people, are you in the house? Coming married people, are you in the house? Because, you see, all of us, when we look at our parents' marriages, we say, ah, your mother was not wise. We don't go fire. Your father was not wise. This is not fire. As for you, there, you pick a perfect person. It's the greatest lie you can tell yourself. Nobody in this life has the capability of picking a, pick a perfect person. Do you know why? Because if, if the person is perfect and they pick the person, you'll be the problem in the equation. Because you are not perfect. You are not perfect. Hey, are you in the, are you in the house? Yeah, three things. So the first one is what? You are not perfect. We live in a fallen world. The second one, you are not perfect. And the third one is that God is good. <laughs> uh, because, listen, if you combine 
imperfect world, if you combine fallen world and imperfect people, without a good God. <laughs> hey, are you in the house? Yeah. A fallen world, imperfect people need a good God. Needs a good God. Needs a good God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, we should not set our hope. We should not set our eyes. We should not set our pride on our marriages. Now, marriage is good for us to enjoy. Are you in the house? Hey, are you in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you see, when, when, how we start marriage sometimes also has a way of affecting the way we look at marriage. Because if you are ready to empty your account, 200000 to marry. A million to marry. Obviously, your marriage will have to be placed like this. Then soon, your marriage becomes a God unto you. And, God, and, and, and then your, your marriage replaces the hope. Like, instead of hope being in God, your hope tends to be in your marriage. I'm not making some sense. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when you look at the cost people go through to get to get into marriage, your marriage has to be a God. <laughs> I'm telling you, your marriage has to be a God to you. Because then now, why would you spend all that money? But shake the one next and tell the person, God has given you marriage to enjoy, but not to make it your God. Tell the person, tell the person. Oh, shake your neighbor, shake your neighbor, shake your neighbor. Tell the person, tell the person again, are you hearing me? <laughs> hey. So what am I saying? As a church, we are called, and the reason I, 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 I emphasize on my because I'm, I'm narrowing down that as a church, you know our church, we say, what's the purpose? Restoring what? God's kingdom agenda for what? For families. And the Bible says, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Okay. So, there are three things I want to highlight here right now. One, we fulfill God's mandate of going to disciple the world by, dis by discipling or we disciple the world, rather, or fulfill God's purpose on our, on our ministry by discipleship through raising godly families. Discipleship through raising godly families. Discipleship through what? Raising what? Godly what? Families. So if you come here and you don't hear, receive, take, shock you, <laughs> don't say that we are not the church every church has their mandate but for us here when you come here they say, we, we, we may not organize 300 days of fasting <laughs> I had one, one man one man of God said, said he said Jesus fasted 40 days just once Said never heard Jesus fast again. <laughs> so that's what he eats. He eats his food. <laughs> that Jesus did once. How can he every year ask me fast? Why? <laughs> when he said that, I said, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> Amen. But for us, one of the things we seek to do is discipleship through raising godly families. Discipleship through what? Raising godly families. Number two, impacting our communities through values, through values we teach and live out from our homes. Are you with me? Values that we teach and live out from our homes. That's how we impact society. So, one of the core things when it comes to farm, uh, family life, as we go on, you see, you, you may not see us starting schools, doing those things. Don't say that we are not impacting our community. We start off with values. Because 
It's been said over and over and over now, social commentators and people say that the church has failed. Even the church knows feels that the church has failed. And do you know why? It's because you are not seeing the impact of values in our community. And one of the things that is, a, is an indictment on the church in Ghana is that we have people heading institutions that are so corrupt and their values are so opposite to the scriptures. There's something wrong with the way we are doing church. There's something wrong. We, and we cannot continue doing church the same way and hope to win the next generation. Because the next generation, they are smarter and they read wider than our parents did. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? Yeah. That's why now you see a new breed of... I mean, go to barbershop and things and listen to some of these boys talk about the church. Sometimes it's very sad. It's very, very sad. The disdain... The disrespect. Why? Because the values doesn't seem to be showing on the street. The values doesn't seem to be showing on the street anymore. So why do we go about doing making loud programs and all those things if we are not showing values? Because if there's anything that will mark Jesus' life, Jesus' life was marked by value. As a matter of fact, Jesus entered into a, a man who has defrauded people. Jesus didn't finish his sermon. The man said, I'm going to pay back four, four times. That's what Zacchaeus. Jesus didn't call out Zacchaeus. Jesus just went to the house of Zacchaeus to eat with Zacchaeus. Whatever interactions and things Jesus was moving, maybe the way Jesus was even eating Zacchaeus food, Zacchaeus said, Jesus, you know, I, 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 I think I owe, I've been stealing so you, you four times. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, we are sleeping on money. Hey. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. There's something wrong with what, the way we are doing things. Either we are doing things without purpose. And I believe that's one of the key problems of the church in Ghana. A lot of people have started things. We have the gift of the church, but people don't know the purpose of it. People don't know the purpose. And even their churches are becoming their gods. That's it. Some people, the church, the church is a god unto them. Hey, you don't talk about their church. Hey. Check the one next year and tell everybody, I hope sense is coming to your head. Amen. Oh, another word for sense is wisdom. If sense is who I say, I hope wisdom is into your head. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. One of the things that I mean from youth ministry background, I've realized that sometimes overly sensitive people don't learn much. Because all they do is to guard their sensitivity, they don't learn. That's why sometimes I like to offend your sensitivity. Uh-huh. <laughs> You need to be offended. And I realized that's how I, I was able to learn those years ago. If the man of God didn't continuously offend my sensitivity, I would have learned. Because I would have lived my life guarding my sensitivity. And sometimes that's the way some of you do. You guard your sensitivity. I mean, that's the way I am. You will never grow. You will never grow. Sometimes you have to put away your sensitivity and listen to what the person is saying. And do introspection, do self-evaluation, find out what the person is saying, how I'm living, is it, where is the line? And then put it where it's supposed to be and do the change. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? So shake your neighbor next year and neighbor, I hope sense is entering your head. So first of all, what? Discipleship through raising godly families, the two impacting our communities through the values we teach and live out, live out in and from our homes. And the third one, contributing and bringing transformation to our world through the general spirit of Christ living through us. Contributing to and bringing transformation to our world through the general spirit of Christ living through us. Living through us. I said three things mark this world. The fallen state of this world, imperfect people and what? A good God. Let me say it again. Contributing to and bringing transformation to our world through the general spirit of Christ living through us. Fallen states, a fallen world, imperfect people, a good God. Now, how, does, how do you see God in this fallen world, these imperfect people? And we see God do this through the act of generosity. That's how God redeemed the world. Generosity, a great spirit of generosity. The Bible said God gave the only one son. 
And the Bible is very specific about that to show you the level and the depth of God's generosity. For the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. I've realized something. Part of the reason why we are not seeing change, part of the reason why we are not seeing impact in our world and the environment around us is because most people are focused on doing merely enough. Merely enough. But when you study and you look at the life of Christ and you study this scripture, you realize that God showed us the story of love and love is not giving merely enough. Merely. Or you are doing just enough so that you, are, you take... Um, they will take that you have done something. That's what I mean, merely. Yeah. You know, they say, let's come and do something here. You just come and pick a chair. So that at least it can be said that you also picked a chair. But when you look at the story of love, the story of love is an overflow and overgiving. When I say God is good, I'm talking about one that gave and is giving and is generous beyond our understanding. If we're going to transform our world, there must be that spirit of Christ must be in the church. A generous attitude to life. Because that's what love is. And I'm going to read the scriptures to you. Love is very generous over going beyond hey. People, you come to the church, and that's the place people don't have enough patience. They just have patience enough to sit by you, but they don't have enough for you to step on your toes. No, that one, that one too much. <laughs> You're infringing on my rights. Yeah, people are patient enough to be told, come and sit by you. That's what they'll do. Because if they get, they would have brought a golden chair here. But if you have given them a plastic chair, it's fine. They are patient enough to sit on that chair. But if you dare tell them or go a step further or step on their toes, you have asked them too much. So that's why marriages don't work. And there are no values. True values are not spilling out. And we are not transforming our world. Am I making some sense, somebody? Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. Let's look at some scriptures. Are you in the house? Look at Romans 5. Romans 5, 6 to 8. And we're going to do a, a, bit, of, a bit more of uh, um, the Message Bible. I love the Message Bible. It simplifies and blows your mind. The Message Bible, yes. Romans 5, 6. Shall we read? Hey. The Message Bible. It says, Christ arrives right on time. <laughs> Shall we go? One, two, three, go three. We haven't read the Bible. Let's read. One, two, three, go. <laughs> Let's go. Christ what? arrives right on time to what? Uh huh. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He what? Presented himself. For this sacrificial death, when we were too far too weak and what? <laughs> and even if we had anyway. Hey. <laughs> hmm. I'm lost for words. Amen. When we could not, we, 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 he, he didn't wait for us to get ready. This is the sacrificial love, or in other words, this is the God I'm talking about. The goodness of this God is what I'm talking about. Am I making some sense, somebody? Yeah. See, most marriages now, people are waiting for people. You do, then I do. As a lot of families and a lot of relationships are marked by that. Okay, you do good, then I'll respond to your good. It almost looks as if my, everybody's waiting for, they, they want to be the response. But Christ did not wait for us. Whether we're ready or not ready, he just stepped in to do what he wanted to do. That is the story of love. You're ready or you're not ready, it just jumps in. It does what needs to be done. That is called love. Look at your neighbor and this is love, this is love, this is love. It does what it needs to be done. Must it be paid for? Pay for it. Must it be paid for? Pay for it. 
says there, honey, you're trying to seek her, but you're... Hmm. When you read it, it says... The next verse, go. It says, we can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless. Go on. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son. Why? Actually because there was no guarantee of us responding well to his love. God did not put his love online knowing very well that, hey, this is when I die for them. Oh, umbe, umbe, umbe. they will open their mouth and say, hey, now you, you have done everything. No, today people are rebellious against God. People are cursing on the name of God. So he put first his love. As a God put his right leg first. He stepped in first. A lot of relationships, look, the reason why people's marriages are breaking is because people can't put their love first. Say, I don't want to be vulnerable. My friend, then be single. Look at the one that says, say, my friend, then be single. As a matter of fact, tell the person, go hire one room somewhere and be there. And don't, don't come and worry. A single room. As a matter of fact, nobody shouldn't live with anybody. Because when you live, have you ever lived with somebody other than yourself before? There will always be a call for you to put your foot forward. And when you go to one of the sad things about family, and those, those, those times, I remember when I was young, my mother used to always do that. Sometimes I, I didn't like, um, her, what's the word to use? Because I used to struggle a lot with my brother, a lot, my junior brother. And I used to find him very rebellious and, and pride, prideful and not understanding. And sometimes, you, you, you get tired and you decide, no, I'm not going to do anything because I've, I've been playing the part of sacri- sacrifice for so long. And my mother would tell me that, oh, you are the pastor. You have to I said, then I'm, 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 I'm going off. I'm, it's like, so because I'm the pastor, I'm at the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> and honestly, I used to rebel against that. And sometimes, in, in, you have to realize that in this life, Jesus, that was the part he played. And he has called us to play this same part to our world. That's what he has called us to play. To be a Christian is to be the sacrificial lamb. Is to put your love out first. To be vulnerable first. As a matter of fact, not being sure that your love will be, will be properly responded to. Yeah. That your love can be taken advantage of. That when you are in the house with your brothers, you don't say, you do this and I do that. But you do your part. Put your right leg forward. Hey. Am I making some sense to somebody? Yeah. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in a sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> shake the one that says, well, well, of no use. You shake the one that says, today you have done your hair, you have won a week, so you look as if you are, you are useful to the Lord. <laughs> yeah, when we're of no use, that is when God sacrificed. First John 4, 17, 18, Message Bible. <laughs> it says, God is love. 17 to 18, so God is love. When we, take, is it, when we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. Look at the way he put it. First John 4, 17. God is love. When we take up a permanent residence in, oh, yes, it's message Bible. Residence in in the life of love, we live in God, and God lives in us. He said, this way, love has, the, love has what? The run of the house. It means love is the ruler of the house. 
<laughs> Are we good? Who is sitting behind the... <laughs> I hear Bishop that doesn't make it easy for anyone. <laughs> so, who's that person? Change that person. <laughs> Amen. You see, I want you to see it. When you see it, there's something powerful about it. So when you're reading, you miss it. But when we see it and we are reading together, it's very powerful. Okay. You, while we are, it says what? God is love. When we take up a permanent residence in the life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. It said this way, love as the run of the house becomes at home and mature in us so that we are free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in this world is identical with Christ. There is no room in love for fear. What I'm trying to drive at is this. You see, when you are doing barely to tick on the paper, you will have fear. You will have a cause for fear. As a matter of fact, by doing so, you have actually even created a room for fear to fill up. But it says when love is at home, especially when you are in God and God is in you and love is at home with you, it said there's no space for fear because God has occupied that space. Part of the reason why a lot of homes don't have peace and breaking so easily is because they've created room for fear. What if it takes everything away? Yeah. What if it takes everything away? So you've created a room. As a matter of fact, and Job said, that what, the very thing I fear has come to pass. Why? Because you have created a room for fear. Fear will come and sit inside. Fear will come and live inside. The reason why homes are without peace, brothers are not loving each other, is because they've all created room for fear. If I respect, I respect, I respect, what if it takes my, my respect for granted? Now you've created a room. But all we have to do is to rather fill the space with so much love that there's no room for fear. Hey, I'm making some sense. Hallelujah. If you create a room for fear in your relationship, it will come and sit. And you know what they say? When the devil comes and he says, I don't have a seat for you, he says, don't worry, I brought my own seat. Fear will come with multiple seats. One thing, have you noticed that one thing you fear, once you allow one fear inside, there will be other things you'll be afraid of. If you're afraid of not having enough money, very soon you're afraid of your health. Very soon you start being afraid of, of dying in that accident. Very soon you start, because they are, they are siblings, they are cousins. They like moving together. They are very close like that. Am I making some sense, somebody? Yeah. That's why you have to root out fear out of your life. Root out fear out of your relationship. Root out fear. Take it out. Vanquish fear. Hey, amen. Are you in the house? Look at the one that says, brother, sister, let's root out fear out of our chair. Tell the person, tell the person. Oh, shake the one that says, let's take out fear. Let's take out fear. Let's take out fear. I'm talking to married people right now. Somebody's marriage is not your marriage. Your parents' marriage is not your marriage. Love without fear. Tell the one that you love without fear. Love, love. I says that my father loved my mother, or my mother loved my father, and look at what has become of my father. Are you your father? Are you your mother? Yeah. Don't do merely enough. Do everything. Husband, with love, you don't even do everything. You do, you overflow. Husbands, if you love your wife, love your wife uh, until they realize the hair. with your dog, dummy hair. Ladies, don't listen to the things out there. What if my husband takes it for granted? If you are loving your husband, love him. If you are loving him by cooking, for, love and cook for him. Do what you know love means to you. Do it. That's it. Don't give room for fear. Hallelujah. Because you have to understand that love is its, its own reward. Love is its own reward. You can't love truly and be broken. If you love genuinely, oh my God. Hey, am I making some sense to somebody in the house? Let's continue. He says, well, there's no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling. Let, let, no, let's read, let's read, let's read. 
Since fear was what? I can't hear. Since fear is what? A what? A fearful life. Fear of death. Fear of judgment. Is one not yet fully formed in love? Yeah. And this is the reason why I see you have ministers who are stealing. Why do you think you are stealing? Because you are afraid. Yeah. It's because they are afraid of poverty. They are afraid of lack. Fear is a very dangerous thing. And because of that, they have more than enough to be blessed, but they will steal. Fear. That's why the Bible says, don't give room for fear. Don't give room for fear. You watch a relationship is going very well until one is afraid the other person is going to cheat. Once you think it's going to cheat and you allow that fear, you see cheating everywhere. <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. I was talking to a married counselor. She said something. She said, sometimes it amazes her the, the fear women carry of their husband's cheating. It says, they make it look as if the husbands, some of them were not having sex before they married them. <laughs> he said, the man was having sex before he married you. He was sleeping around before he married you. So why is it that now it has become something that all of a sudden you hear, they say, hey, hey, you watch. He said, look, it's usually they, they bring in a certain level of fear that exaggerates things. Yeah, and it's true. It's true. And I'm telling you, look, I believe that most of the challenge the church is having in, we are having in the church, church marriages is because we've, al- we've not allowed the scriptures to speak to us. We've allowed people's ideas and fears and things, and they filled all of our, our marriage spaces. As a fact, even if you joke as a believer, you go to a position, if you allow people's sayings, by the time you realize you're doing the wrong thing, you are not going to be confident to do the right thing. You're supposed to be confident. Don't steal. No, because you have a God who takes care. Why are you going to steal? Why are you changing numbers? Hey, am I making sense? Why can't you? Why can't you be truthful? Why? Oh my God! Shake the one that says, "Be serious. Be serious. Be serious. Be serious. Be serious." Let's go to Colossians three twelve to fourteen. I said today's scripture will speak to you. Message Bible. When you go, go and visit your message Bible app. It says what? So, let's read on. So what? Chosen by God for this word. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. When God was going to pick our dress, so he didn't pick Gucci. When we gather, when we ask, who are you wearing? You have to say, I'm wearing what? Compassion. I'm wearing what? Kindness. I'm wearing what? Humility. Humility. Humility is intrinsic part of love. Being humble. As a matter of fact, Paul was talking to Ephesians that were married. They said, look, be was submitted one to another. Submit one to another. Humility. Humility. Too many people walk in pride. Look, if you if you cherish your pride, don't go to marriage. What you think you carry, when you go inside, somebody will say something about it. Because now you're going to leave somebody who's going to be critical looking at you. You think it's six packs. Somebody say, What about that thing as as cooked? Uh, <laughs> Are you going to get offended? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Your breast, one is bigger, one is small. Tell the one that should be humble and say, oh, that's the way God made it. <laughs> Humility. Because you strip yourself bare. And it's not just your body, your very heart. But if you're not humble, you see that's anything you keep it away from the one you're married to. You're not humble. Because you see of yourself highly than anything, so you can't be open. And that's why people are not, are not enjoying their marriages. Yeah. 
Humility is something that you must wear. Kindness. Someone say kindness. Kindness, kindness is what? Quiet. Is what? Quiet strength. <laughs> hey, and what? Discipline. The next verse. Let's read, let's read. I want you to read. Be what? Even tempered. Uh huh. Content with second. A content where? Shake on a content where? Content where? Second place. And then what? Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and what? Completely as the master forgave you. <laughs> and what? And regardless of what else you put on. <laughs> Let's finish it. Shall we all read one, two? It's what? It's your all purpose. It's like this. What is our basic all wear garment to wear? That's what they said. Your boxes is your pants, the one that holds your junk. Uh, listen, no matter what you wear outside, you need your boxes to hold your most delicate. <laughs> hey, are you in the house? Ladies, the one that holds your most delicate, this one, they flap easily. <laughs> you need something to hold. <laughs> Shake the one that says, hold it, hold it. You need love to hold it. Tell the one that says, you need love to hold your most delicate. <laughs> Said, no matter what you wear, it's an art. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Love. Never be without it. Love. Never be without it. Hey, Colossians three twelve. Okay, TPT. Let's look at TPT. 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 The same thing we read. Look at TPT. I just left it about two scriptures. Then we ask you, TPT. Shall we read? What did I say? One to go? Hey. Okay. <laughs> Shall we go? One to go? You are what? So what? Since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, he said, What? Be merciful as you endeavor. The next verse. Tolerate. And if you find fault with somebody, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. Release. So it's like you have a gift. We should carry around ourselves with a gift of forgiveness. You're just waiting for somebody to offend you. He said, I give it to you. Yeah. Release that gift. What is the use of a gift you don't give to people? You are bought the thing. Is it a gift? It's a gift. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's jump to First Peter 4. 8 to 9. First Peter 4. Let's look at the TPT here. Above all, constantly what? I can you constantly what? That's it. The nine. The nine says what? Be what? Don't complain. You see strangers, you are complaining. No complaints. Muka muviva. <laughs> you are destroying Ghana. You are destroying our nation. No. No complaint. Be compassion to strangers. And then last one. First Peter, the same piece. First Peter 4. Let's look at it from the verse 7 to 11. The message Bible. That's our last scripture. The same scripture. Let's look at it from the message. From the verse 7. Message Bible. Shall we read? Are we in the house? One, two, three, go. What I say? Everything in the world is what? <laughs> Everything in the world is about to what? 
it means that there's going to be a getting call everything is about to end everything is about to hey Charlie let's wrap up so what everything in the world is about to what to wrap up so what so take nothing for what take nothing for granted stay what wide awake in prayer the next verse is what most of all <laughs> most of all love each other as if your life eh? and it's a, it's a word, love each other as if your life depended on it that's the word so that's intense have you seen anybody that they are about dying they have to give them uh, or they have to take some medicine or something they are about to die he said act in that way that your life depended on it for you to love don't love as if it's your will you decide to love I choose to be kind. I choose to be kind to my brother. I choose to be nice to you. It's not your choice. He said everything's wrapping up. It's a command. Tell the one that says it's a command. It's a command. It's a command. He said love makes, makes up for what? Practically everything. The next verse. Be quick to what? Mm. Mm. <laughs> the next verse. Well, wait. When they write it, they didn't know about Ekufado's government. <laughs> cheerfully, cheerfully. They knew Ekufado's government is coming. That's why they added cheerfully to it. <laughs> Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Next verse. Second service. Some of you, you have, you've never brought anything to your table. You've never, he said what? Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so what? All will get in on it. So I'm telling you, farm church, we don't do things for granted. We are deliberate about what we are doing. Because the last one, I said, look, a gen by, we are going to impact our world through generous city. Okay, the, next, the last verse, it says what? If words, let it be good, let it be God's words. He's talking about the ways for us to show generosity and love. Let's read on, what, is, what does it say? If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus Christ. And you will get all the credit as the one mighty in everything and cause to the end oh oh yes oh yes oh yes oh yes are you in the house yeah mm. oh yes the dogs are even say oh yes oh yes <laughs> this is the charge on farm church and we are to do so live it out individually live it out in our families the most appalling thing ever to see is somebody who is so loud and servicing outside in the outside the church by whom is so serviceable it's appalling somebody who's loving doving outside his home but when it comes to his home unforgiving vindictive critical spirit you see a woman, and that's the heartbreak. You see a woman serving the pastor, serving church, but so critical and unforgiving to the husband. No wonder you have broken marriage, but you are still in your church. That's why a lot of people have broken marriages. Because you serve your church more than you serve your husband. Hey, you serve the church more than you serve your husband. You serve others more than you serve the ones that God has called you to this morning I came to challenge you farm church there's a purpose of our lives there's a call on us and I believe that we are going to rise up to the challenge are we going to rise up to the challenge I can't are we going to rise up to the challenge look at the one that said we are rising up to the challenge that God has placed on farm church we are going to be a relevant ministry tell the person we are going to be a relevant ministry in our time and in our day are you in the house rise up on your feet 
Look at the one next to the person. Ask the person, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? Ask the one next, what are you wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing? What are you wearing? Just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.